I recognized that I had not hired an assistant because I didn't feel like I deserved to have an assistant because I didn't think I was really that busy or that um, that needed or you know, I could do everything myself. Welcome to Hey Awesome Girl with Tibby Jones. Every week, we interview amazing boss babes in tech, medicine, law, entrepreneurship, entertainment, parenting, and more about their lives, their goals, their why, in order to discover how every day they're working to add more pleasure, ease, and abundance in their orbit. This show is part business advice, part life coaching, part real talk with girlfriends. If you're looking for a show that's real and relatable, but also inspiring at the same time, this is the one for you. I'm your host, Tibby Jones. I'm founder and CEO of the creative agency, Hey Awesome Girl. I'm dog mom to Olivia, the cutest little dog on earth. And I am someone who still, to this day, prefers to do my own hair and nails. Well, my nails aren't done right now, but you get my point. In my business life, I've grown businesses and audiences and managed million dollar budgets. I've led large marketing teams and generated seven figure contracts for my clients. On this show, I talk to other boss babes as we figure out how to add more pleasure, ease, and abundance in our lives. And I, if I look confused, it's because sometimes I am confused. Like, how do we actually make this happen? This is why I have to talk to other people to get their tips on how to do it. Today is no exception. Today you will meet Crystal Taylor, who is founder and executive director of Get Happy. She is co-founder of the Black Farmers Market, which is based in Durham, North Carolina. Get Happy, her nonprofit, is an organization that works to restore the quality of life for people of color through health and wellness, innovative education, and community-driven engagement. Crystal started Get Happy as a path to her own healing, and she aspires to take people on a journey with her to find happiness and wholeness. And that is exactly what we talk about in this episode, and I know you will enjoy it. Crystal, welcome to the show. Hey, Tiffany, you got a TV show, girl? We all think we made it. <laughs> we have made it. Oh my goodness. Mama, we made it. Mama, we made it. <laughs> Let's come back here. <laughs> you funny. <laughs> For folks who don't know who you are, uh, tell the people who you are and what you do. I, my name is Crystal Taylor, um, better known as the Clean Curator. I am an entrepreneur, um, a mother, and innovator, and visionary in Durham, North Carolina, in North Carolina. Oh, oh, all the things. Oh, I just, you know, I just felt that, you know, I just felt it this morning. I felt it today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope you keep feeling it because we got a whole conversation we got to have. So let's keep this same energy. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to drown it out so early. Like, she did a lot. That's exhausting. But you can see. Out throughout the, throughout the episode. <laughs> spread it out. Just spread it out. Um, okay, so all the things. How did you get started in your career? You know, coming from Clinton, North Carolina, um, my mom was a doctor and my dad had his own business and my grandparents were farmers. So I think that entrepreneurship is always like in my blood. And so right out of college, 
I just, I'm a band kid, so I was in marching band, clarinet section leader two years in a row, baby, holla back, woodwinds. <laughs> I don't think I knew that. I didn't know that people in the band, like, got gang signs and, like, things that they do, because that, that was a whole thing you just did. Marching band is a real serious thing, so it was a, it was a great experience for me, but that, that's where my product, my love for arts and humanities and production came from. And so mm. out of college, I just didn't have a space to like hang out and kick it and just chill and enjoy a scene. And I started mm-hmm. doing beat battles in 2012 just to be doing them because I liked producers' music. And like years later, artists started reaching out to me like, you know, can we perform at your shows and I'm like are you good because if you're not then it's not gonna work out for me and so right um, I just kept um curating but not knowing I was curating and creating these mm. like dope ass shows oh we I'm sorry <laughs> you can curse <laughs> that was so real <laughs> if anyone doubts if hey awesome girl with TV Jones is real so, here you go <laughs> I I didn't even know I was doing that, you know, and so Mm -hmm. um, later um, Eternal the MC was like, you like the clean curator, and I'm like, I like that, so it just stuck, Mm -hmm. and you know, here we are in 2022, it's 22, right, or 2223? (laughs) I mean, what is is time? What is time? But um, I have a hip-hop festival now, music festival, um, the creative agency of the Underground Collective specializing in, you know, supporting people in arts and humanities and a nonprofit. So yeah, it's just just God is amazing. So shout out to the creator, but I'm just really excited about, you know, my love of music and arts and humanities and what it does for our community mm-hmm. and how it builds brings people together. Mm. And you, you also have corporate management skills too. So you like work with a lot of big brands and all of this stuff. Like how do you merge the two, like the corporate strategic side with the art side? How does that work? I think that I I know that a lot of times corporate America is out of touch with community Mm -hmm. and their goal is to connect with community and understand what community needs to be able to provide, you know, their products or services to them. And one of the things that I have found to be great at is just being a connector on, you know, meeting people where they are and understanding what people need and how to communicate and market to those people. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been a huge opportunity to work with Duke University and North Carolina Central University and just different organizations that want to connect with their community mm-hmm. and be able to communicate with them and provide things for them. But, you know, everybody doesn't resonate with like certain types of commercials or branding. So the experience that I did get when I worked um, with Blue Cross Blue Shield and marketing strategy was incredible mm. because it's something that can be used all across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, just, knowing, just knowing who your pe- who the people are that you want to talk to, you want to connect with, and you'd be am- you you wouldn't be amazed, but people would be amazed that it's really difficult for people in those boardrooms to figure out what's the proper message to connect with communities. Yeah, so it's, it's been awesome. Yeah, and that makes me think, so I was messaging you earlier today about Durham's Heat Research Lab um, because they reached out to Hey Awesome Girl uh, for some support with uh, equity messaging 
And it's funny how small the world is. I was literally on their website. This is the behind the scenes for the folks <laughs> listening and watching. <laughs> I was on the website and I was like, Crystal Taylor. I'm like, I know Crystal Taylor. I'm talking to her later today. And literally text, texted her a screenshot like, this you? <laughs> and she was like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about like that word. I was laying next to me, so I had to get a little cold out of my be like, what was that? Yeah, that's me. That was me. Make sure it <laughs> wasn't nothing crazy. You know, like, you know. It was... But it was me. It was me. <laughs> that's so real. What do you, um? what work do you do for them? And what is, what's that like? Um, For Duke, school, Duke University School of Nursing, um, I was fortunate to be able to work with them to create episodes that um, were surrounded around health disparities for HPV and mm -hmm. HIV. And mm -hmm. uh, Desan Hanu and I got together. He wrote the screenplay. I executive produced it. And we created like four incredible episodes of, of a Black family um, sharing their experiences around sexual education, um, relationships, and drama. And so it was super cool, and we were using that. We get, we provided that to them so they would be able to teach women in the beauty salon um, information about HPV and HIV, and mm -hmm. that way they would be able to talk to their clients about those sexual education and just experiences and relationships that they're having so they can become more aware and educated around that health disparity. Mm -hmm. So... That is the kind of work that Get Happy is doing out here, educating people through film with health disparities. Now, you know that <laughs> aligns with what I love. I want to talk about um, the day-to-day -day of what it's like running a nonprofit. Like, what's the real, like, real deal entrepreneur? Like, what do you do on it? Like, is there a typical day? Is there not? Like, what are just some of the things that go into running an organization like Get Happy? You know, being an entrepreneur um, is hard in general. Like, it's not for the weak and it's not for people that are not determined and fierce, I would say. Um, having a child and a nonprofit and being an entrepreneur is like a whole nother beast that it's like, bruh, I'm going to throw my laptop and my phone today and just not do anything. I don't have a clear like standard day to day for mm -hmm. nonprofit um, or, or my businesses. Like every day is totally different. Every day is weird and there are great days that it can be amazing, you know what I mean? And you can relax. Yeah. But for me, um, with a nonprofit, I am constantly thinking around things that enhance my programming and the projects and making sure I've connected with proper mentors to help me build a nonprofit because it's fairly new. It's only a year old, mm -hmm. but we've been able to really accomplish a lot of things by having partnerships with Duke and Central and the School of Nursing to be able to take it somewhere, you know, yeah. but we still have to do community activating mm -hmm. and engagement. 
And so that's the part that I think racks my brain. Like there's a lot of moving parts that go to creating a nonprofit and then sustaining it. Yeah. And you need to make sure you have a working board, staff members, mm-hmm. contractors mm-hmm. to help you move it along. So the nonprofit keeps me up at night. I'm not going to lie um, because I want yeah. it to do well. And it's like starting a whole new entity all over again from scratch. And I have like these other things that are strong and, and rolling. But right. um it just it's just what happens, you know, you have to take a lot of time into it and I stay up a lot of times working on it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the the thing that people don't talk a lot about, especially in this like social media world of entrepreneurship. Like it it takes a while or it can take a while and it's it's really tough. It's not all sunshine, rainbows and puppy dog kisses. It can it can be a really tough journey, but if you stick with it and you keep doing the work, like you'll eventually get where you're going. Yeah. And so it makes me think like, what's the big vision for Get Happy? Like, what does it look like in 10 years? Who are you working with? Let's start naming and claiming some stuff right here on the show. I wish I had my my treasure map behind me because on my treasure map is a picture of me and Issa Rae. Um, yes, and... queen, the queen Issa. Yes, because you know, I, I've met her, I've talked to her, I've, you know, watched her from beginning to, to now. Um, it's, forget for me, forget happy, I want get happy. Get happy will be a space that empowers people of color um, and people that are not able to have resources to be able to better themselves and to help heal themselves. Like I literally mm-hmm. started it because I wanted to find my own happiness mm-hmm. and I wanted to heal. And mm. coming from uh, unhealthy relationships that I have been in, I wanted to be mm-hmm. able to feel what feeling whole felt like. And yeah, even though I didn't grow up in a situation um, that was poor, I still mm-hmm. resonated with certain generational traumas. And mm-hmm. get happy for me means that I'm helping. I want to help people come on a journey with me to find happiness mm-hmm. and wholeness and mm. heal those traumas that have latched onto them they're probably not even aware of that are keeping them from find from feeling that yeah. and so that's you know exposing people to things that they've never experienced non-traditionally you know what i mean like mm-hmm. who knows how you know rock climbing or swimming or playing tennis or making music can relieve somebody's stress from things they're going through every day because of something else being triggered in their mm-hmm. mind or their spirit Mm-hmm. So, get happy is the long run, you know. Like, yeah. I think that, like you just said, like I've been, I've been, you know, working in the entertainment industry, music industry for almost ten years, and now I'm able to sit back and relax and, you know, enjoy my day how I feel like it, and spend mm-hmm. time with my son. But the nonprofit is, it's for him, it's for our legacy, and it's for people. To find happiness and healing so mm. the not the nonprofit is a long run so i'm definitely seeing myself work with um will smith kevin hart and mm. Issa ray all the amazing work that they do around the community and building mm. um, so yeah I'm, I'm planning on going to see Issa ray in la next week for my birthday so she don't know it yet but okay. we're gonna, gonna, we gonna pop have to- up i don't know <laughs> I'm gonna go to the restaurant and be like, 
I didn't know you were here, girl. How you doing? He said, hey, tell your sister Crystal. Want to see her? She knows. She knows. Just walk in like, oh, hey, girl. Hey, how are you? So you don't look. You don't remember me, but you do? Okay, thank you. (laughs) You better workshop that in your brain. (laughs) Prepare for that success. It's all up there. Play out a music video real fast, okay? So I'm like, girl, look, all we gotta do is put a song on, and we can work this video out, okay? I already know. Okay. I saw you on TV. Well, <laughs> what did they say? Instead of um, when you see it, you believe it. When you believe it, you'll see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I do want. I want to dial back to what you were saying about healing, though. Um, so at mm-hmm. Hey Awesome Girl, we talk a lot about pleasure, ease, and abundance. We have a whole framework behind that. Um, And a lot of that came out of my own healing journey. And I forgot who I was talking to. So I apologize if they're listening and they're like, I said it because I do like to credit my sources. But we were talking about, (laughs) it may have been Beth Carr, a friend of mine, Beth Carr. Um, If not, I'm sorry, whoever it really was. We were talking about how entrepreneurship has been part of our healing journey and we learned a lot of things about our own traumas and weaknesses and growth opportunities because of entrepreneurship i know for me and we might get a little bit personal on this part so i know for me i learned a lot about like the money stories and the wealth and abundance and the scarcity mindset that i had growing up and then the messages that i received either verbally explicit either explicitly or implicitly from my parents about money and success growing up things that i didn't even realize were holding me back in a lot of different ways like addressing specifically that one issue around scarcity has helped my business grow like so much over the past few years. And there've been other things that I've addressed too, but if you don't mind sharing, like what are some of the, the, the things that entrepreneurship has taught you to address in your life that maybe the audience would find helpful? Well, um, that was very, very real. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, I just up until the last couple of months, I thought I was a good entrepreneur. Um, but I recognized that I'm I laughing because I'm like, I get it. I was a horrible <laughs> entrepreneur. And a lot of that was because of my um, lack of like how I handled money and my fear of money and also my my fear of not feeling deserving. Mm. Is that my, my buddy? It's Nessa. Okay. <laughs> no, we can keep talking. Let's just keep going. And so I took a self-discovery class and then I took a self-abundance class uh-huh. and I recognized that, you know, my and like I said, my mother was a doctor. My father had to go on business and that I was never taught about how to count money, what mm. to do with money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't something that was talked about. And to be to be really honest and vulnerable, like we lost our home um, my first my first year in college, mm. and it devastated our family mm-hmm. just because nobody was talking about what was really needing to happen, what was going on, what we didn't have, and what the lack was. Mm-hmm. And it was a very traumatic experience for me. And I felt I found myself um, 
even more immersed in being an entrepreneur. So I wouldn't allow anybody to take anything from me. Mm. And so I was literally, you know, making sure I would never lose anything, make sure I made enough money to cover things just enough, you know. And so after doing a lot of intentional work um, and healing and like real, like really looking at myself and what I was doing and watching my movement Mm -hmm. and my behavior, I recognized I was doing the same thing that my parents were doing Mm. and I had to stop and say, okay, I am deserving. You know, I deserve this because I worked really hard. I Mm -hmm. need to also make sure I manage money better. And these are the things I need to do. And even doing that Mm -hmm. and like opening my bank account, I literally cried one night from like seeing what the big picture really was. And what I needed to do and what mm-hmm. I didn't do, mm-hmm. it was a lot to deal with. And it was just there. like, yeah. yeah. So entrepreneurship has, has, entrepreneurship has literally saved my life from mm-hmm. being a recurring pattern mm-hmm. of my, you know, my family's generational stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I owe it to the fact that I desired, I wanted change mm-hmm. enough implement it and not being afraid of it because you know once you get comfortable living in a in a dark space Mm -hmm. um you don't want to maneuver from that yeah but when i actually felt the light yeah from doing the correct things Mm -hmm. and facing my fears Mm -hmm. i was like oh let me get this book keep playing quick what's going on over here like this is amazing you know but you think that you're going to have so much pro- so many problems because you're not doing things mm-hmm. and you're seeing one little thing is wrong and then it's going to lead to four other little things. Yeah. But um, I feel so free mm-hmm. and I feel so full of like um, awareness mm-hmm. and I'm just really excited about tackling things that need to get fixed. Yeah. So that way I do it mm-hmm. and they're fixed. But entrepreneurship really has saved my my future and my son's life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because now I teach him mm-hmm. his first experience of money can be better than what mine was. Right. You know? So, yeah. I think a, a lot of things you said, and I know my team is going to be like, we gave you questions to ask. I'm going off script. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> it's just, it like a lot of things you like, you just triggered a lot of things for me. One, I always think about the phrase where th- that we hear a lot in the black community about how we have to be twice as good in order to get half as much. And I do think that is true. We live in America. We live in America. Not everyone watching and listening to this will live in America, but we, but we live in a racist world. We live in a yeah. world that's filled with with implicit bias, with explicit bias, with systemic racism. There's so many barriers, right? And while I think that's true, I also think that that phrase can do a lot of harm to Black children because I know for me, I'll speak for myself, I felt like if I wasn't excellent at something, like I felt a lot of shame around it. And then I, it also felt like I couldn't exist in a space of being bad at something. I had to focus on what I was really, really good at and not like, so with money, I am still learning like the best ways to manage money. There's so many elements about wealth building and money where you, when you start trying to figure it out, 
you're it's overwhelming. You're like, I will never be yeah. twice as good at this thing. Yeah. And so you you start out feeling defeated. You start out feeling less than. And I think if we maybe created a, a culture where it's okay to fail, and obviously <laughs> there are a lot of reasons why that doesn't work in some of the yeah. communities that we grow up in. It's not okay to fail. We 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 can't fail. <laughs> like we can't do yeah. badly. We can't do worse than we're already doing. And so your comments just made me think like, how can we, how can we create more spaces where it's okay for us to try new things and have new experiences and, and build up a tolerance for not being perfect at something when we first yeah. start? Yeah, I, I feel that 100% so much that like, you know, with my son, Master, you know, he's three years old and I don't like to tell him you're very smart. You're so smart. Mm -hmm. Because I was reading somewhere that, you know, you should say things like you tried really hard at that and I'm really proud mm -hmm. at what came from that. Mm -hmm. You succeeded at mm -hmm. it. It was really good. And, and, and welcoming him like failing. Like when he says I can't, I always say, no, you can. You just need to get help. Mm -hmm. And so we practice saying things like that because, you know, in the same regard as you're speaking of, it's like, you know, my mom was a doctor. Yeah. And my dad is on business and it was like, you know, I was this person growing up to like make sure I got all my subtraction, multiplication, you know, whatever right. Because, you know, she's this prestigious woman. Like she's a black female doctor in this small country town that doesn't see black female doctors. Yeah. And I grew up with the notion of like, you know, your name is Crystal Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I think that somehow because of the lack of like emotional intelligence that I probably didn't get at home mm. made me severely insecure and very afraid of like letting people see my faults mm -hmm. and my fears. Mm -hmm. And so that was coming out all different types of ways Ooh, with hi. my relationships with people, mm -hmm. you know, but once I went through these classes and really committed myself to change mm -hmm. for myself and just and just wanting to know like what do I have going on financially like what does it right. look like mm -hmm. am I really doing as good as I think I'm doing right um you know it was very scary like I said I both got in tears just with looking at my bank account and I wouldn't even look at my bank account I would just be like I know I got money in there in there I'm good mm -hmm. I don't need to count it Okay. And then be acting surprised. <laughs> but, Me back in the day, I'd be like, oh, that didn't go through. I'm so shocked. <laughs> it's like, but you ain't looked at your bank account in a month. Right, you don't know what's right. in there. <laughs> you're on Netflix and it's not going on. Right. Why's my card not look, working? People Man, ask you to go out to eat. you like, oh, let me look at it now. Let me make sure. <laughs> let me check this. Let me move this stuff around real fast. <laughs> acting like you're texting. you like, Wells Fargo. <laughs> use my cash app. Card. All right. I have a piggy bank no, here, no. and I've had it for years. I would literally, when I say I take that stopper out the bottom of the piggy <laughs> bank and be like, "What I got in here?" Out of struggle. to piggy bank. He was like, "No, no, no, that's my money." I'm like. I just need to drive. I can't Good for you, man. Like, he got boundaries. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. But no, like everything you're saying is super real. And I'm just really excited and grateful that I went through that and I experienced it. I know what it feels like. And 
I welcome the challenge and I welcome mm-hmm. the change and I welcome learning what it is. And, you know, it's not always bad, as bad as we think. My, my, my accountant is like, it's not as bad as you think it is. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of yep. people have way worse yep. situations. It's not bad. It's okay. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this, and this is something for everybody who is watching this, get you an accountant or get you a bookkeeper because I feel like they will always tell you like it's it's not so bad like you're doing okay <laughs> yeah Nancy, i know he want to be I in this the mommy multitasking is so real but let me ask you this because you said something earlier about and i've heard you literally i think it was earlier this week or this weekend i facetimed you and mansa said he couldn't do something and i i heard you say no you can do it you just might need some help. And it. I want to ask you, how do you feel about getting help at this point in your life? What's your relationship with asking oh, for help? I welcome it. I welcome it. I mean, you know, you know, people don't know, but you know the kind of things I've been through in my personal relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's like, Life is so precious. Like we're going through a pandemic. Like no one ever would have thought the kind of things we're going through right now. Yeah. And life is so precious. You know, I I've always wanted a little boy, and I have one now, and that's like a gift from above. And so, um, where I am right now in my life, I am incredibly incredibly open to having help. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I mean, I've I've even gone to self discovery classes to like sit in a room listening to a person and talk about how to reach the, your true self mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. a higher portion of what God has created you to be. And mm-hmm. I would have never believed in some stuff like that before. Like before even going to the class, I had a plan on leaving the class. So I, <laughs> like, I was ready. I'm gonna stay five minutes. I'm gonna sit at that back right seat that's closest to the door. Listen, <laughs> see, I had my alarm on my phone ready to be like, oh, I got to take this. Church finger, walk I was, outside. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready to be missionary Baptist out of there, okay? But <laughs> listening to the first few minutes of this conversation that he was having to us, I was just like, oh, hmm, he's speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And so I've done that. I've done um, abundance courses that have really helped me free my mind of, you know, not being deserving mm. to be able to be wealthy mm-hmm. and so that has that has opened up a whole new world for me mm-hmm. and so i strong it's unfortunate that our community does not believe in those types of things mm-hmm. they don't invest in those types of things mm-hmm. um but i i welcome it and you know i still have a therapist i've mm-hmm. had my same therapist for over 10 years yeah. and she's incredible and she's really helped me along the way mm-hmm. with a lot of things and you know the things I've learned and the things I'm learning now on my new journey are helping me be a better mom to my son and just a better woman to myself mm-hmm. and just a better person to my friends and family. Yeah. Like I can't imagine how I was showing up mm-hmm. um, previously. Yeah. So now I'm just really excited and eager. Like anybody want to go to a self care situation? Let's go. You know, yeah. self help, discovery. I'm I'm all about it. I'm excited about it. I, I mean, you know, I love that. You know, I'm down for that kind of stuff. It it makes me think, as you were talking, it made me think, like, 
oh, there are actually two types of getting help. Because I've always been a big, like, self-help. Like, I want to improve. Like, help me be better. And then there's the type of help that I still struggle with. And probably my team would agree. Like, asking for other people to do something for me. Like, it's not like, let me help. help, Let me get help being a better person so I can do my stuff better or do more stuff. It's... I have this thing that I might not have the capacity to do or I don't want to do and I probably shouldn't do. Let me ask someone else to do it for me. I still struggle with that. Like, how do you, how do you feel about that type of help? So I just recently hired an assistant and um, I will say that, (laughs) right. Them pearls are broken. You done broke that chain, girl. (laughs) I I will say this, because we're being real up here today. Like I recognized that I had not hired an assistant because I didn't feel like I deserved to have an assistant because I didn't think I was really that busy or that that needed or I could do everything myself. Were you like, oh, if I just work harder, if I stayed up later, if I did this, I could just do it. I don't need to hire anyone. Let me tell you something. That ain't going to cut it, especially when you got a three-year-old with his foot in your face trying to sleep (laughs) on a regular basis, okay? It's not going to cut it. It's just not. Also, everybody who is watching and listening, it is okay for you to get help simply because you want help. And you want more time. It's okay for you to get help because you want to log off work at three o'clock and watch Netflix. Like, listen, it's okay. Shout out to my assistant. She is incredible. I don't have to fill out forms. I don't have to worry about sending emails to schedule appointments. I don't have to worry about replying to every single last email that comes to me. It has been an incredible help. And I was low key mad at myself after like the first two weeks. I was like, I can't believe I was doing this to myself. Like, really? Do I like me? I really like it. Like, what? But I think it was because of me not feeling like I deserved it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think that, and it goes back to that that healing and stuff that we do in our minds. Yeah. Like, well, I'm not as wealthy and full of abundance as I want to be, so I shouldn't be spending money on this thing mm-hmm. that's going to help me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so. With me having the nonprofit and the nonprofit being my first priority, like there's no way I can stay up till three o'clock in the morning every night anymore. Mm-hmm. So do all this. I need somebody to help me. Even with staffing, like yeah. staff people to do stuff mm-hmm. and let that be what it is. And I didn't feel like I deserved to have to, I feel like I need to keep working hard and yeah. stay up and make it work and multitask some more. Yeah. And when I finally said no, like I deserve a break, I deserve help, yes. and people want to work with me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And and I mean, I said this on the episode with Joy Spate. Like, it's a value exchange, right? Mm-hmm. I have staff. I have an amazing team. They give me amazing work. I pay them for that work. Like, there's gonna be someone that will be thrilled to help support you, support your vision, learn the work that you're doing um, for whatever reason. And I know for me, like I always, so I hired a, um, I call them my my house team. I have housekeepers that come every two weeks. 
And I remember growing up, like, you know me, I'm from Rocky Mount. Like, we ain't have yeah. money. I did not grow up with a housekeeper. And I think I said this on another episode, too. Um, how I would go to my friend's house, who where they lived in these big mansions. And one day I'd go there and their house would be, like, spotless. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. How do, how do they keep their house so clean? I didn't even realize, like, bigger housekeeper. I didn't get that. Until, right, the, right. until the next time I went... And their house was a mess. And I was like, friend, what, like, what you going through? Like, why is your room such a mess? And she was like, well, the housekeeper hasn't come. And I just remember being so judgmental, like, oh my gosh, you got to be so lazy to hire a housekeeper. But those were the money stories that I learned from my family. It's like, we, I learned, like, you do the work. If you don't have, if you can't do it, then you're not working hard enough. And only lazy people hire other people to do things that they should be doing. That like should in my head, like you should be cleaning your house. You should be following up on all your emails. You should be doing all your client work. That should kept me struggling for years and kept me small for years because I felt like I should be doing everything where no, like you can hire other people to help and support you. You don't have to do everything. Right. Absolutely. I'm really grateful to have the team that I have um, on both parts, with Beats and Bars, Underground Collective, and Boy Get Happy, because they really enjoy the work that we do and mm-hmm. the work that they're doing. And so I'm just, I feel very fortunate to be able to put them in positions to be able to enjoy doing the work. So with that, like, I have to have help to keep myself together so I can even be able okay. to perform and be good for them too so yeah mm. Lisa, go ask grandma for help this is real oh, this is man. raw footage right it's, here, it's so real now um what's next for you in the next like 12 months what are you looking forward to I'm looking forward to doing incredible things with Get Happy. Um, we have a skating party coming up for a community engagement um, in a couple of weeks in March. And then um, we'll be doing some more work with Central and Duke University. So that's going to be exciting to produce that stuff and put it out. Yeah. And um, just building, um, we, we're going to be doing some really great things in Underground Collective with local universities. UNC is one of them. We're mm-hmm. going to be doing some event curation for them and just like creating awesome things. I plan on spending a lot of time on my farm back home. So okay. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm excited about being on that tractor and just working in the dirt. I'm, I'm going to need an invite. That. You know, you know, I need that invite. Girl, okay. it's gonna be so much fun. Like, help me build the the greenhouse here because you got that little cute greenhouse on the floor. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I might have to um, you might have to uh have someone tow that tractor to my land to help me clear out some <laughs> some space. <laughs> hey, all right, girl. I rolled that tractor for eight hours straight one day. It was amazing. We definitely need to go out there to the farm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. down. That's that's my yeah. jammy jam. <laughs> <laughs> Where can folks find you online? 
They can find me at anywhere at the Queen Curator. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. It's Crystal E. Taylor and Facebook, Crystal E. Taylor. But I don't let everybody fool on Facebook, so you're going to have to just follow me on Instagram, okay? Okay. All right, Crystal. Well, I have definitely enjoyed talking to you today. I even enjoyed seeing Mansa's little hand peek in. <laughs> Does he want to he wanna say bye to the folks? Come here. Come here. Come on. No. No, he doesn't. He just want to talk to somebody else. I can't. This is the first time I actually talked to one of my friends today for more than 30 minutes. And now he's sitting here just wanting to let me have that. <laughs> he just want to share that joke. <laughs> All right, girl. Well, always a pleasure to talk to you. My pleasure. And I will see you next time. Thank you so much for watching this episode. I hope you not only enjoyed our chat, but I hope it helped you think about your own happiness and your own healing journey. We talked a lot. We talked about a lot of great things in this episode. Um, Crystal brought up some amazing points about getting out of generational cycles of trauma. She talked about building your legacy for yourself and your family. She talked about the importance of asking for help in order to become a better parent, a better friend, a better family member. Also, her point about the the event that she was going to, and she was already planning to like leave the uh, the healing event early, and how that healing event was really transformative to her life. Like that point is all about approaching new ideas and new concepts and new modalities of healing with an open mind, and it definitely ties back to our pleasure, ease, and abundance framework and our social mission at Hey Awesome Girl. We want to help more people heal, especially women of color, especially entrepreneurs. As Crystal and I talked about, entrepreneurship has been a path for healing for myself and for her. And I think it can be a path for healing for a lot of people if you open yourself up to the idea of healing. So one thing I want you to think about in relation to this episode is how are you opening yourself up to new ideas around healing? How are you actively working on your healing journey How are you asking for help in your life? Please consider that over the next week. Add new things to your life that that give you a little bit more freedom, that give you the help and support you need. Ask for help. (laughs) Hire more people. Whatever you have to do to take some of the load off of you so you can have the space and the bandwidth to start your healing journey or continue your healing journey. As a reminder, our social mission at Hey Awesome Girl is to celebrate and empower women, especially women of color. We believe digital entrepreneurship is a resource to increase confidence, close racial and gender wealth gaps, and provide a means of freedom for women all over the world. As we like to say, empowered women empower women, and that is exactly what we're trying to do with this show. I hope you stay tuned for our next episode with our next boss babe. Who's it going to be? I don't know. Maybe I do know, but I'm not going to tell you. Until then, please follow, like, and subscribe. This on all the channels you can find us on. Leave a rating and review. If you listen to something in this episode and you were like, oh my God, that makes me think of so-and-so, send this show to so-and-so. I'm sure they will thank you. Until next time, please remember to stay awesome, girl. 
So it's me again, just jumping back on to share a special resource with you. So I know I talk a lot about our pleasure, ease, and abundance framework that we use at Hey Awesome Girl, but maybe you aren't quite sure what that means and how you can incorporate that into your life. Well, we have a free resource for you that can help with that. It's our pleasure, ease, and abundance playbook. In this playbook, I outline the nine elements of pleasure, ease, and abundance you need to consider to help you create a life that is fun, fabulous, and free. I walk you through journal prompts, I share resources, and give you some actionable steps you can take to get you further away from stress, exhaustion, and being broke. To download this free playbook, go to heyawesomegirl.com framework, enter your email address, and we'll send it right over to you. That's heyawesomegirl.com slash framework to download your free playbook today.